It is truly a joy to share this time with you. It really is. And for everyone watching online, it's a joy to share this time with you. Thank you for joining us. We have the privilege. Think about this, church. We have the privilege today of hearing from God and having him speak words of truth into our lives. Wow, what a privilege. Are you ready for that? Are you ready? Well, to help us prepare for that, I want us to pause and pray together, and then we will dive into our content. So let's prepare our hearts now. Father, we step into your presence. And we quiet our hearts and our minds before you. And we want to ask you to speak to us today. To challenge us. To encourage us. To help us. God, use your word and what we investigate today to just help us walk with you. That's what this new theme entails. And this is what we desire, to walk with you. God, often, I know this happens to me, I get really distracted with life and things and concerns and even joys, they can take our attention away from walking with you. So this theme is about centering our lives once again on following. Help us to think. Help us to listen. I want you just to take a moment and whatever need or burden is on your heart, share that with God right now. Just talk to him about that. And then ask God to help you hear from him today. Ask God for that. Father, all of these prayers being lifted up here in the room and for those who are watching online in their homes, all of these prayers being given to you, placing burdens at your feet, asking for help, and asking for you to speak to us. God, meet with us today. And I pray that you would work through these requests as only you can. And help us to get a fresh 
picture of you and what you want for us as we seek to follow. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, with your Bible or your device, I want you to find John's Gospel. There are four Gospels in the New Testament that share the life and the story of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We're going to be in John chapter 1, and I love what we find here. Allow me to set the scene. A guy named John the Baptist, and that's not John the author of the book, it's a different John who goes by John the Baptist, he is teaching and just giving a lot of great information about Jesus. He is inspiring a lot of people. And he has a group that is listening to him. A crowd has gathered to hear the words of John the Baptist as he talks about the true light is coming. It's not me. I'm just John the Baptist. A true light is coming and I want you to know about him. He was referring to Jesus. And of course, Jesus did come onto the scene. John the Baptist had the privilege of baptizing him. And then here's what happens. The followers of John the Baptist started to follow Jesus. They were like, John, you're a great guy and we really have enjoyed you, but I mean, it's Jesus. It's him. And so we're going to start following him. And John the Baptist said, it's okay. It's okay. And this is where we pick up the scene in John chapter 1, verse 35. Here's what it says. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. And even though this is written by John the disciple, he's referring here to John the Baptist. Uniquely, in John's gospel, he never refers to himself by name. The author doesn't. So whenever there is another John listed, he's talking about somebody else, and that's certainly the case here. So the following day, John the Baptist was again standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, Look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them, which I think is kind of a funny question. What do you want? And they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Well, come and see he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. John chapter 1, verses 35 through 42. This is just a beautiful scene here. 
where Jesus begins the process of assembling his team of world changers. Keep in mind, Jesus knew that his time on earth was going to be short. He knew that he had come with a specific mission to give his life for all and to pay the price for our sins. He knew that he would die, rise again, and return to heaven. But the work would continue. His mission of helping people come into a loving relationship with his heavenly father, that mission would go forward and it would happen with and through people. And so Jesus is beginning the process of putting that team together. But here's something that's interesting. We often think that Andrew and Peter, as they're described here, just begin following Jesus and they leave everything and everyone and begin walking with Jesus right away. And I don't think that's actually what happens here. When you compare the gospel accounts, and remember there's four gospels that share the life and the story of Jesus. And so when thinking about what Jesus said and what he did, it's great to compare and contrast. And where can you find other information that speaks into this particular account? So this is why we read the Gospels. Well, when you compare Gospel accounts, John chapter 1 and this calling of Andrew and Simon Peter with what you find in Matthew chapter 4, I believe there are a few months in between these two events. I always thought it was strange. Like, here's this Jesus person, and he looks at Andrew and Peter and says, follow me, and they just leave everything immediately? Like, isn't that a a bit bizarre? And I I know it's Jesus, and he had a very magnetic personality, and so they were probably drawn to him. But didn't they have to go and lock their home, if they even had one? Or didn't they have to close up shop a little bit or say goodbye to a few people? Well, I think they probably did, and I believe that occurred. They had a little bit of time to take care of those things. I think they also had a little bit of time to listen to what Jesus said, to observe his teachings, and to contemplate, and to maybe even talk with each other. Hey, Peter, Jesus just said this. (laughs) What do you think? I don't know, Andrew. I also heard Jesus talk about this. What do you think? Well, they had opportunity to consider all of this so that when Jesus comes to them in Matthew chapter 4 and they are fishing on the shore, that was their work, that was their business. When Jesus comes along and says, okay, it's time for the two of you to follow me. I want to build this world-changing team and you two are part of it. So come on, follow me. At that point... They are ready to follow. Which brings up two thinking points as you consider how Jesus assembled this team. Here's thinking point number one. Jesus gives people time to make decisions. That's true. He wants us to think. Walking with Jesus, following him, and a life of faith is something that we should contemplate. We should use our minds when it comes 
to following Jesus. And we see that right away in this team that he is assembling. They had time to consider and to watch and to observe. So our minds and faith, I believe that does go together. Thinking point number two, Jesus offers an invitation. And it looks like this in Matthew chapter four. He said, come and follow me and I will make you. I will make you. Well, what did Jesus say he would make them? He said, I will make you fishers of people. I will make you fishers of others. I will help you to be a bright light. So get this. I think Jesus is still inviting us to use our minds. I believe that. And we're going to think through a lot of things as we walk through this particular theme. God is still inviting us to use our minds. This is true. I believe God is also extending this invitation. Follow me. You believers. And specifically, you valley pointers this morning. Follow me. Follow me. And I will turn you into fishers of people. I will turn you into bright lights. This is incredible, I think. It's incredible. Jesus in John chapter 1 and in Matthew chapter 4, he's putting this team together who would go out and continue the mission of talking about life in Christ and how God offers a forever friendship. And we, when we trust in Jesus, we can embrace all of that. He begins the process of putting this team together and he encourages them to think while extending that invitation. Follow me. Come with me. Walk with me. So with that as the backdrop, we begin a new theme today that is going to take us through November the 15th. We're going to sit in this theme a little bit. It's called The Walk. The Walk. I think everyone gets the value of walking, right? This is a good thing for us to do. I remember in the early stages of the shelter in place with our whole pandemic here, Tanya and I had a lot of opportunity to go and walk in the area where we live because there wasn't a lot of other things to do. So let's get out of the house and let's walk because it's good for us physically. But we also discovered it was just great to be outside during that particular time where you feel cooped up when sheltering in place. It's really good to be outside. And here's what else happened. We got to interact with neighbors <laughs> who were outside doing yard work because they were stuck at home as well, or they were walking around the neighborhood. People that we had never talked to who were just out, and now we were able to interact with them, and that was enjoyable as well just to talk with our neighbors felt great. And then here's another good thing that happened. Tanya and I just had uninterrupted time together. We have six children. So in our home, 
where we almost exceeded the limits of what you're supposed to have in one place just with our family. But in our home, there's a lot of interruptions, a lot of people who need and want and have questions, and we love that, and it's enjoyable. But to go on our walk, we had uninterrupted time where we could just communicate with each other. Walking is good. And this is the picture This is the picture we get of our relationship with God. It is compared in Scripture to a walk. Okay, here's our big idea for today. Walking is good. Walking with God is fantastic. (laughs) And I love that word. Walking is good. I think we get that and nobody's going to argue with that. Walking is good, but guess what? There is something that's better. Walking with God himself, well, that is fantastic. And we should do that. As a matter of fact, I think we should arrange all of our lives around walking with God. And so that's why we are going to take several weeks and just sit in this theme called the walk to encourage all of us to grow up a little bit spiritually to mature ourselves. That's needed from time to time when we think about our friendship with God. Let's mature ourselves. Let's grow up because life is often very messy. And we need to be reminded that walking with God is a fantastic thing. A question I like to ask regarding issues of faith is how? Being a bright light, Absolutely. How? Loving people around us the way God wants us to love them. Okay, yes, we should be doing that. But how? How do we do that? Living out the story of Jesus. Wonderful. I'd like to attempt that. How? How is a great question because it helps us begin putting pieces together. So when we think about walking with God, okay, I'm ready to do that. I want him to use me to be a fisher of people, to be a bright light in my context where I live, work, and play. I want that, but how? How do I walk with God? Well, that's what this theme is all about between now and November the 15th. I want to present five simple practices. I would say they are essential practices for us that answer the question, here's how. You want to walk with God? Here's how we do that. Now, if you have ever wondered, what does living with or living for God actually mean? Well, this theme is for you. If you are fading in your faith a little bit or questioning some things or maybe you would say that your friendship with God is a bit stale or even boring, then this theme is for you. If you are investigating Christianity and wondering about the claims of Christ and is that really true, well, this theme is for you. If you would say you are mature in your faith or your walk with Christ, then this theme is for you 
And I would posit to you, if you feel that way, you're not as mature as you think. You're not. And so that's why we need this. In 27 years of pastoral ministry, I have yet to meet one person who pulls off these five essential practices perfectly. I haven't met a single person. So there is space for us all to grow. And generally, I have observed many people who think they are mature actually aren't. And a lot of people who don't think they're mature probably are. There's space for all of us to grow. So this theme is for us. The image of walking with God is found throughout Scripture for the life of faith. It is a way. It is a way, a picture to describe how we interact with God, walking with Him. Again, the question becomes how. I'm going to roll out five essential practices that answer the question how. Does that make sense? Great. So here's what I want to do. I want to briefly walk through Scripture a little bit. So if you have your device or your Bible, get that ready because I want you to see this picture of walking with God as found in the Bible. I want to begin with Genesis chapter 17. In Genesis chapter 17 verse 1, here's what it says. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Will you say the word with me? Walk. I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. It's beautiful. So get this. Abram, who would become Abraham, was 99 years old. And God still had something for him, by the way. Amazing. Hey, I know you're a little up there, Abraham, in years. But I've got something for you. I want you to walk with me. And as you do that, behave. Okay? Do that, please. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, just a wonderful verse. Here's Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 33. This is kind of a wrap-up of the Ten Commandments. Here's what it says. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, and that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land that you shall possess. God is basically encouraging his people, walk with me. Walk with me. That's the picture, and it will go well with you. That's what we find in Deuteronomy chapter 5. How about Psalm 86? In Psalm 86, here's what we discover about walking with God. Verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord. Here's what the psalmist says. And here's why I want you to do that. So that I may, will you say the word again? Walk. Teach me, Lord, please. Teach me so that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. How about Micah chapter 6, verse 8? Do you remember that verse? We memorized it as a church family in 2019. That was our church-wide life verse. Are you ready? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? 
All right? We spent a year thinking about that question. What does God want for you? You ever wondered that? Well, part of it involves acting justly and loving mercy and do this. Walk humbly with your God. So what, what does God want for us? Well, justice and mercy, and then let's walk with God. How about in the New Testament, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk. And in the construction of this sentence, that word walk means conduct yourselves. So, Conduct yourselves in him, in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk, so conduct yourselves in him, which is fascinating, and we'll come back to that in just a moment. One more verse in the New Testament. It's 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. It says, whoever says he abides in him in Christ ought to, say the word, walk. And that's the same word that we find in Colossians chapter 2. It has the idea of conduct yourselves. So whoever says he abides in him ought to walk, ought to conduct themselves in the same way in which he, Jesus, walked. Question for all of us to contemplate. How's your walk? So if we are commanded as followers of Christ to walk in Him, to conduct ourselves after Him, if this is what God wants for us, how's your walk? How's your walk? Think about that. Give yourself a grade. That wouldn't be a bad thing to do because we're going to spend several weeks thinking about how to live out this thought and this challenge to conduct ourselves in Christ. So how is your walk? Everybody should be thinking about that. And how can you walk with God in such a way that you bring joy into your life and joy into the lives of others? How can you do that? And how can you walk in such a way with God that you are being a bright light? I think that's what Andrew and Simon Peter realized in their lives, and they began to live that out. God used them in extraordinary ways, and he can do the same with all of us. So how can we walk in such a way that we're bringing joy to the people around us, and we are also being bright lights over the next several weeks I want to share these five essential practices with you that I believe will take our walk with God to new places and truly transform us into light-bearing, Jesus-following, Scripture-loving servants who love God and love others. So that's the path in front of us, okay? We're going to look at these five essential practices, and I think they're going to take our friendship with God to new levels and we will be light-bearing, Jesus-following, Scripture-loving servants who truly love God and love other people and bring joy into the lives of the people around us as we are bright lights and living out Matthew chapter 5. Now, here's how the flow of this is going to work. Here's the outline, just so you know where we're going. Today is kind of an introduction to get us all thinking about 
How is my walk? How's my walk? I want you to be thinking about that throughout the week and then on October the 11th, next Sunday, we're going to look at the essential practice of worship and prayer. So we want to walk with God. Well, worship and prayer is a really big deal. And what does that mean? And how can we improve in these particular ways? October the 18th, we're going to look at the essential practice of study. Time in the Word of God, it is essential. And we have to have more of that than just Sunday. If we only feed ourselves spiritually on Sunday, we will starve. It's not enough. So how do we improve this essential practice so that our walk with God is dynamic and real? We're going to think through that. On the 25th, we're going to look at the essential practice of serving, of giving our lives up and away for others. On November the 1st, we're going to look at the essential practice of giving or generosity. God calls us to give everything. And we're going to think through that. On November the 8th, we're going to look at the essential practice of sharing or bearing witness to our faith, being a bright light, right? We're not designed to hide that under a basket. No, it's to be put on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. We are to bear witness for all and be fishers of people to have impact. And so we're going to look at that essential practice on the 8th. And then on the 15th, we're going to put a bow on this theme and wrap it up and then move on to some other things. By the way, throughout the theme, I'm going to be using a book by pastor and author, Adam Hamilton is his name. It's called The Walk, where he lists five essential practices. If you enjoy reading, even if you don't enjoy reading, all right, I would encourage you, get this book because I'm using it as a guide as I study. It is very impactful. He has wonderful things to say about these essential practices. So this is just a wonderful way to supplement this particular theme as we think about these five areas of walking with God. Here's what author Adam Hamilton says about these essential practices. He states it this way, without spiritual exercises or practices, we will find it difficult to keep up as Christ calls us to follow. We will become spiritually lethargic and out of shape. We stray from God's path. Temptation is harder to resist. We don't evidence the fruit of the Spirit. We may exhibit less patience, kindness, mercy, and love. Pause. Don't read forward yet, okay? I know it's on the screen, but don't read forward. Does our world need any more of this right now? More patience, kindness, mercy, and love. As you implement these essential disciplines in your life, you have the opportunity to begin living this out. And yes, the world needs a lot more of it right now. So that's what we have the opportunity to pursue. God may also seem more distant and our faith more perfunctory or routine or apathetic. We worry more as we trust God less. Our thoughts revolve more around ourselves. Our values and priorities shift away from the things God values and prioritizes for us. Do you think we need these essential practices? Yes. I know I need them. 
and I'm sure you feel the same way. So that's why we're just going to sit in this and think about how. How can we walk with God so that we are delivering more grace and patience and kindness where we live, work, and play? This is really needed right now. Okay, two takeaways. Number one, commit to this theme. Okay, I want that for you. Commit to this, whether you're here in person or watching online between now and November the 15th. Don't miss a Sunday because... This is how we can make a real impact and be bright lights. These practices matter. Interestingly enough, these practices are rooted in how Jesus performed them in walking with his Father. Okay? Think about that for a moment. Jesus did all of these things. It wasn't like he just suggested, hey, it'd be a great idea if you did this. No, as he walked with his heavenly father, Jesus practiced all of this. So if Jesus did it, I think it makes a whole lot of sense if we claim to follow him that we would be implementing these essential practices as well. Scholar Dallas Willard states it this way, my central claim is that we can become like Christ by doing one thing, by following him in the overall style of life he chose for himself. We can, through faith and grace, become like Christ by practicing the types of activities he engaged in, by arranging our whole lives around the activities he himself practices in order to remain constantly at home in the fellowship of his Father. So we're going to imitate Jesus as we walk after the Father, as we pursue him, we're going to be imitating Christ as well. So commit to this theme because I know I certainly need it. And as a church, I would say it's time for us to engage in this and to improve and grow our walk. Let's mature a little bit spiritually. Let's grow up. Let's do that together. One more takeaway, and that is answer the question, how is my walk with God? And that's what I want you to take away with you as you step out of here in just a moment for you to keep thinking about, okay, my walk with God, if I were giving myself a grade, if I were evaluating this, here's where I think it may be today. And let's see if together, between now and the 15th, that we can't scoot a little bit closer to our Heavenly Father as we implement all of these five essential practices in our lives. There's certainly a lot more we could add to that. We're just going to focus on five between now and November the 15th and ask God to bless us and help us to live out His story and be bright lights. I'm inviting you to join me on the walk as we think about how to follow God in deeper ways. Father, we are so thankful for a little bit of time today just to think about this new theme. And throughout Scripture, it's so interesting, throughout Scripture, time and time, again, you keep reminding us about walking with you. That's a picture we see. That's an analogy So I pray that you would help our church 
in the next month or so to just grow up in you and to take these essential practices that Jesus himself implemented in his life as he walked with you. Help us to take these and be ready to dive into them, to study them, and to arrange our whole lives around what we discover here. Walking is good. No doubt about that. Father, walking with you is fantastic. It really is. And my confession to you is I'm not always a fantastic follower. So help me. Help me. And I pray for our church that we would be known as fantastic followers. Not perfect, but humble and ready to do what you have called us to do. God, use this theme in our lives to grow our walk with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.